Hello, this is Terry Angus and you are listening to the Fulham Focus Podcast. Hello, Parker in, Parker out, Parker shake it all about. Yes, it's the one we've all been waiting for as the man who divided opinion throughout his entire Fulham career brings his second place Bournemouth to play the tabletop in Super Fulham at the Cottage on Friday night. What sort of reception can Scott expect to receive? What sort of performance can we expect from the Whites? And most importantly, will we extend our lead at the top of the Championship to four points? Joining me to look ahead to the game are J-Mac and current Bournemouth resident Will Oakley. My name is Matt Boisclair and this is your Fulham Focus Podcast. Fulham. Right lads, so this is it, the box office game that many of us have been waiting for all season. Fulham are top of the league, Bournemouth are second. Both teams are clear of the chasing pack. And although we're only at the beginning of December, J-Map, this is such a massive game, isn't it? Mate, I mean, Clash of the Titans or what? It's uh, El Cachico de la Parachute, I like to say. Yeah, we all thought, I mean, we all thought this was going to be us in West Brom. Uh, but, I mean, it seems that it's us in Bournemouth now. I mean, there's just so much riding on the game, like you say. And I, I don't think it'll be easy by any means. Uh, I mean, it's going to be such a spectacle, mate. It's Friday night under the lights. First and second battling each other and the, the number one Christmas single, it's going to be deadly. Um, also, it feels like we can all be festive now, as you know, it's December the 1st as we're recording this, and we can look forward to having a mulled wine and a mince pie as we catastrophize about the lineup together at the pub. Yeah, I, Bournemouth do look good. I mean, it's, it's going to be good. I, I just think the, the Parker effect as well adds something to, to the match. Uh, and yeah, yeah, clash of the titans, like you say, we're the best two teams in the league for me by by a, a long way. Uh, the best two teams I've watched this season. I think we, like Fulham, have the 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 better squad, and when we're on form, I, I think we are the best team in the league. But I, I've I've been to one Bournemouth game this season, and they play how we played under Parker. Really, you know, it's consistent. It's not you're not expecting five nils every game, but they, they are a good side. So. Uh, I think it's going to be a great game and, yeah, like I say, best two teams in the league and the biggest game in the season so far. Absolutely. Well, it's almost inevitable that there was going to be some added spice to Scott Parker's first visit back to the cottage, Will. What sort of reception do you think he's going to get? I I think he'll get a good reception. I think there'll be... uh, Overall, I think it'll be a good reception. I think... It ended quite sourly in a way, and um, you know, I, 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 me as well personally, wasn't a fan of his football. I think it was right for him to go. I think he did leave at the right time, or or whatever, however he left, however it happened. Um, but I think the fact you know he brought us up, and when we were getting when we were winning games in the championship, and after that playoff game with his like emotional you know Chinese interview. Everyone loved him then, you know, like if you just look through social media and stuff, uh, the videos and everything like that, everyone absolutely loved Parker. And I think people forget that at points. So I think overall will be a good reception. I'd imagine there'll be a few chants throughout the game that might ridicule him a little bit. But yeah, I think he'll be majority good reception. 
Yeah, I, see, I don't think it will be at all. I think it's going to be quite hostile towards him. And I, I kind of disagree with it. Um, we have this debate often, don't we, when we're talking amongst ourselves, either in the pub or um, over WhatsApp during the weeks, when, whenever Scott Parker's name comes up. And I just don't understand why people hold him in such disregard. I, I think, as you said, Will, we, we, he got us up out of the championship. It wasn't attractive football. It was quite boring at times. But... We won more games than we lost and we got promoted at Wembley, beating, beating Brentford, which was a fantastic night. And say what you want about Scott Parker, but his legacy is that Brentford game. And we'll always have that over Brentford, regardless of what division the two teams are in. You know, local rivals. We've been local rivals and bitter rivals for, for many years, even though we didn't play each other for, for quite some, some time. So he's got that. But then in the Premier League, um, he, he tried to keep that, that same team, didn't he, that, that got promoted at Wembley for the first game against Arsenal, realised very quickly that it wasn't going to work. Made some, We made some new signings because the uh, that, that was the whole COVID thing, wasn't it? That the transfer deadline, I think, extended into about a month and a half into the season. So brought in the likes of Anderson, Aina, um, Lookman, uh, players like that, Lamina, and very quickly dropped Alexander Mitrovic when, when Mitro's form was out. And I think that's part of the reason why people dislike him. He tried something different. We tried to play counter-attacking football, which is why Caballero played up front. And it worked for that one game against Leicester. And I kind of I kind of understand the philosophy, but he was almost trying to play football with players that... He, he was trying to play a style of football... To, without the players to do so. He he was ignoring the, the players that he had and didn't play to the players that he had strengths. So that's that's what I'm trying to say. And ultimately, we got relegated. Now, he'd, he'd been flirting with Bournemouth for some time, hadn't he? And uh, eventually ended up leaving Fulham in the summer and signed for Bournemouth straight away. So that was obviously something that had been in the pipeline. But I hear people talking about how Scott Parker... They don't like the way that Scott Parker left Fulham. It left a bitter taste in their mouth. But many people were calling for Scott Parker to go anyway because we'd just been relegated. So I don't really understand it. So in a nutshell, I don't agree with the fact that he's going to get booed on Friday night. And I'll clap him when he comes out. But I don't think many people will. Yeah. And and I also then think throughout the game, anything goes and you've got to get at him. So I expect the come on, feel the noise. Uh, fuck off, Scotty Parker. We've got Marco Silva chart. We'll be in full flow. What do you reckon, J-Mac? Sorry, that was a bit of a rant there. No, no, I enjoyed it. I can I can already hear you in H4 screaming, leave him alone, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, like, but, I, but I feel like, um, no, I, like you say, I think he deserves a huge amount of respect and gratitude for Brentford Wembley and you know he conducts himself very well he's a very good looking well-dressed man who is very good evidently at managing a team in the league because of how well Bournemouth are doing at the moment I, I just feel like um you know a lot of people were calling him out like you say but he did sort of hold the club to ransom a bit looking for compensation out of, out of his deal and and instead of paying Bournemouth the money it's all this sort of stuff going on in the athletic and his his treatment of Mitrovic like you say is what really grinds everyone's gears and, and it's that visceral love that we all have for Mitrovic is why we're so eager to to defend him even when Dominic uh, Solanke's mentioned which we'll come on to later of course but yeah I, I feel I like to imagine I mean I'm not his biggest fan but I like to imagine it'll be three quarters sorry three quarters positive uh the reaction in the crowd but I can imagine it would be a, a lot 
a lot worse. I can I can I can picture some booze, especially on Friday night when everyone's had a beer. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. But one thing you can't argue is that since he's left, he's done a superb job on the South Coast since leaving Fulham in the summer, hasn't he? Yeah, and, and I was trying to, I was winding you up on the group a bit earlier because I was trying to think of reasons. Because I was just thinking, you know, I mean, it's quite easy to do well with Bournemouth, isn't it? You know, play, they, they, they're in the playoffs last season. They had, you know, Jaden Anthony, David Brooks, who obviously is ill at the moment. May he get better as soon as possible. But all these players, Dominic Solanke was already on the but they and Billing. They had lots of these players already on, and it's obviously very easy to do. So he's obviously not a very good manager at all. Um, no, we could say the same thing about Marcus Silva and what he inherited with Fulham. So I'm just joking. He, he's doing a great job, and he's um, what he's done with Bournemouth obviously is tightening everything up and just just put in that sort of steel and grit that we had under Scott Parker two seasons ago, and, and made them very hard to beat. And you know, definitely they definitely like to bring on a, a fifth defender when thing when they've got a lead. So. I, I've got a lot of respect for what he's done, but I think we're definitely the best team and deserve to take their place. Well, we're already first, but you know what I mean. I'm hoping, I'm hoping that we beat them on Friday and create the distance some more. Will, you're at uni at Bournemouth at the moment, so I don't know how how close your ear is to the ground when it comes to the Bournemouth support. But do, do you get any vibes of Scott Parker in Bournemouth? What what the feeling is towards him from the Bournemouth supporters? Yeah, so I, I've been to, uh, I went to uh, Bournemouth Huddersfield, which I suppose is quite a big game. You know, Huddersfield are decent, or at the time they were doing, they were doing pretty decent when the when the game happened as well. So it, it's sort of, I think it is quite. Things Bournemouth is a very similar club to Fulham. I it's quite, you know, I, I get quite like family club, if you like, yeah. family club vibes from from Bournemouth. Um, and and all their fans are quite respectful. I think they I think they respect the fact that Parker seems to be getting them results and respect the fact that he looks like he's probably going to be the one to bring them back up to the Premier League. He looks like he's gonna he's gonna do that. And again, he's sort of it it seems like a project. Uh, I don't know how much Fulham seemed like a project at the time, but Bournemouth does seem like a project at the moment. Like the the youth intake that they have is as good as Fabio Carvalho is. I feel like Bournemouth has such a big influx of youth take that, uh, like you know, Zamora is his first season, and Jaden Anthony is his first full season, uh, and uh, Gavin Kilkenny, he, he's a midfielder, and they they have a lot of a lot of young players um, who are in their first full season that Parker's bringing through, and. Parker didn't really do that that much at Fulham. He played Carvalho towards the end of the Premier League, but maybe he just didn't feel like it was right at Fulham. Maybe it wasn't the right time. He didn't have the right players. But it really does feel like he's building a, some somewhat of a project at Bournemouth. And I think if they do go up, whether they stay up or not, I think he'll stay there because the club seems to have a pretty good foundation at the moment. And I think that's what Parker was probably looking for. I think that's part of the reason why he did leave Fulham, I, I don't think it's because of the success, because, you know, we, we both end up in the same league at the end of the day, whether he stays at Fulham or goes to Bournemouth, he's managing in the same league. I just think he liked the sound of the project at, at Bournemouth that, that's going on, and you can see it from the outside. It's it's interesting because he he made a downgrade when it comes to clubs, with all, and I, I, I don't mean to be disrespectful to Bournemouth, but, you know, they're a smaller club than us. But, you know, what he... 
he obviously clearly has quite a good relationship with the director Nick Rothwell, apparently. And he, like, as Will says, they are a similar club in what they want to achieve, being a family club, being in the top flight, established there, and what they do with introduction with their academy and bringing the youth in. It must be clearly that you know the problem was the Khans. You know, you remember, I remember very well Scott Parker saying, you know, in the interviews and the post press uh, post press conferences saying how he wants this place to be an elite outfit, how he was very obsessed with everything being... It was after Tony Khan made a tweet, you know, suggest apologising on behalf of the performances. So, I, I don't... Bournemouth are a good side. I can understand why he's gone there. It's quite interesting because Marco Silva is sort of a very similar manager because he jumped ship a fair few times, but he always went to sort of bigger clubs. And, and what Scott Parker done is gone to a smaller one, but he clearly likes the style of the sort of club that we and Bournemouth had, but he just prefers the people running it there and probably thinks he can have a lot more control. Yeah, Will, you talked a lot about um, about the project at Bournemouth and how bringing youth through, but there really wasn't that much opportunity to do that at Fulham because remember when he came in at the end of the 18-19 season, he was really just, I don't know, taking control of a sing- an already sunk ship, really, wasn't he? So he just had to play with what he had. And then that summer kind of spent big on the likes of Knockart and Caviero, brought in his brother-in-law, Harry Arter, and it was already quite an all-singing, all-dancing squad that had been assembled. Um, all still had Mitrovic, obviously, he scored 26 goals in that promotion season. So I, I can I can kind of um, I can kind of see where you're coming from as to why Bournemouth might be a more attractive option for that reason. But it was just a completely different situation that the two clubs found themselves in when he when he came in as manager. But from that squad, from that Fulham squad, now he's left, and there were rumours of him falling out with people, and you know Mitrovic and him. There's obviously no love lost there, is there? Um, but there's going to be a lot of Fulham players out to prove a point on Friday night, isn't there? Yeah, absolutely. I think Mitrovic probably the main one for me. I, yeah, it has to be. I mean, I, I I don't think it's just the fact he was dropped. I think it's it's the fact he was after that um, that penalty against uh, Scotland that, that he missed. And of course, we don't know what goes on inside the club. You can only you only know what you read, and you don't know how true that stuff is. But a lot of people are saying he was frozen out. Not it's not just he was dropped; he was also frozen out from the squad, and he didn't receive as much support as he wanted to. And I, I just think, yeah, I, I think he's going to be what the main one that's got a prove, got something to prove to Parker. I, I think the other players, to be fair, Parker did give a good chance to. I mean. Like you say, he started the the game against Arsenal. He started with such a weak squad. I mean, Adoy played, Hector played. You know, in the opening game against the Premier in the Premier League against Arsenal, you clearly didn't get a chance. Players like that, I mean, they're not prem quality. They're like no, no manager can make them prem quality. So, you know, I, I think to be fair, most players got a chance. I just think it is Mitrovic is gonna just want to prove Parker wrong, really. Because, uh, you know, Parker's been saying this stuff. I know we'll probably talk about Solanke, but, you know, how about how Solanke's the best striker in the league and full well knowing that. And I think he knows that Mitrovic is a better goal scorer than Solanke. I do think he knows because obviously he knows Mitrovic's quality. We do forget that he scored 26 goals under Parker because we just think about how he's frozen out in the Prem. Parker also got 26 goals out of him. Now, that's an unreal return. So Parker knows how good of a striker Mitrovic is. Yeah, he does. And a lot of people always say that Mitro scored 26 goals in spite of Parker. 
Um, and, you know, he's what's he got now? He's got 21 already. So, you know, it just goes to show what he can do at this level if you if you play attacking football and play to his strengths. Um, but I'm thinking, you know, if Dennis Adoy plays, maybe Tim Ream as well, players that didn't get the opportunity under him um, in in, uh, in the Premier League. There, there's, there's a few, there's a handful of players there. And I don't care what you say, you know, they're professional footballers and they'll probably say, oh, no, 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 you know, we were just, you know, we, we were biding our time trying to play our way back into the squad. But they'll be thinking in the back of their minds, I want to show him tonight. I want to beat him because he left me out of the team. Um, and, and I do, I believe that as well. I believe that's that's a mindset and that's a healthy mindset as long as that that kind of aggression, if you like, is channeled in the right way into a performance. And certainly with Alexander Mitrovic, I hope that he channels that into a fantastic performance and doesn't get involved in any silliness. Yeah, I think a lot of people are anticipating him sort of doing... Do you remember that celebration that uh, Suarez did in front of David Moyes uh, when he was accused of diving and he just sort of flies on on the floor right in front of David Moyes as sort of a piss take. I, I think a lot of people are expecting Alexander Mitrovic to do that after a win or a goal that he scores and just completely rub it in Scott Parker's face. Um, I, I hope he does. I think he will, if he does score, praying he does, that he will celebrate a very in a very big, majestic way. I just hope he doesn't actually go straight up to Scott Parker because I, I don't think he will. I really nah. don't. I don't think that's his style at all. I really don't. And... Um, yeah, as you say, a lot of a lot of players like Cabano as well, who's now flying, and, and you know, True. Seri, who's you know left out. They're, they're all going to want to prove a massive point. I feel like a lot is going to be revealed in the next five years, maybe ten or something, of what happened behind closed doors. I think it'll be very interesting to read. I, I don't know about Mitrovic and the way he was exiled by Sparka. Maybe he was. I mean, you got to remember Mitrovic also at this, uh, roughly the time of his bad form had a had a party during uh, during COVID and New Year's Eve. That it might have been. Maybe Parker was disciplining him from that. You just don't know. So, I mean, I feel like I'm defending Parker now. This isn't like me. But, uh, yeah, anyway, uh, just off. <laughs> uh, let's, let's just move on. Let's move on. Parker's, Parker's away. <laughs> it is It is going to be the battle of the, the top the top strikers in the championship, isn't it? I know Ben Brereton Diaz has got, I don't know, 17 or 18 goals or whatever he's got. He's, he's doing very well. But Mitro's got 21 goals. Dominic Solanke's got 15 for Bournemouth. It's just going to be an interesting battle, isn't it? And I'm I'm really interested to see how well we defend against the likes of Dominic Solanke. Yes, yeah, so Solanke is a good striker. I, I what again, like I said, I, I watched him against Huddersfield, and you, you know, see some of his highlights on Twitter and stuff. And he is a he is quite a a quick striker, especially for his size. That's something that Mitrovic doesn't really have his pace. Um, uh, and yeah, it, it will be interesting to see how we we defend against him because I don't think we've had uh, we've had to defend against a striker like that really this season. I don't think we've had that much of a challenge defensively. I mean, we conceded four against Coventry, so I guess you can say that that was probably a challenge defensively. But um, yeah, I, I don't think we've had to defend against a single player like Solanke uh, as good as Solanke is. So I think it will be interesting and. I'm guessing uh, Jaden Anthony's going to play as well, and he is excellent. I'm a big fan of him. Um, so, yeah, we'll see how we defend and how we defend also against Parker's system because, you know, he likes the build-up. Are we going to carry on pressing? Because that's something we've done a lot under Silver. The, the press under Silver has been immense. But Parker, he's he's known for 
you know, taking his time, patient, he'll be able to pass out of the press quite well. So it will be interesting just to see how we defend against them all over the pitch, not just when they're attacking, but also just when their defenders have the ball. I think we've got to be very careful as well uh, as fans not to sort of shrug Solanke off in this game, not just because of Parker's uh, comments saying he's the best striker in the championship, but he, he scored 15 goals in 20 appearances so far, and the goals are good, and he's Matt Dunn's going to be absolutely wincing when I say this, but he is a mobile striker. He's he Basically, he's the sort of striker that Scott Parker wish he had got in January uh, this year. Um, and he, he, look, I love Mitrovic, and Mitrovic is obviously the better striker, but Solanke can create a lot more out of nothing than Mitrovic because of his pace and he can take defend he could just suddenly get past defenders for a bit of show party. And obviously Mitrovic is a lot more clinical, a lot stronger, and we love him more and he is better. But Solanke should not be underestimated. I have got a sort of a game plan for dealing with that because we just shouldn't be shrugging him off. He is the second best striker in the league and we shouldn't just be shrugging off with oh well fuck that Mitro's better. We don't care. And um you know only time will tell if Solanke can adapt into the Premier League but this was a guy who was at Chelsea then Liverpool bought him and then so there must be some sort of you know something going on there and now obviously Bournemouth have him we'll, we'll see what happens but yeah Solanke will be definitely up for this as well as Mitrovic this game. One thing's for sure our defenders are going to have to be better than they were than they were against Preston on Saturday um, yeah. although you know Preston were restricted to not having that many opportunities. We did make some silly individual mistakes, which when you've got quality players around, then then you're going to get punished. One player that isn't going to be playing this weekend is Jefferson Lerma, who got sent off straight red card against Coventry last weekend. Sounds like he's going to be quite a big loss. I mean, I don't know much about the bloke because I haven't seen much of Bournemouth at all this season, apart from the highlights on on Quest. But, you know, that it seems like he he's going to be a, a miss for them. Yeah, I think Lerma. So Lerma is a, a central midfielder. He's a number eight, but he's been playing recently in the back, um, in the back three in the centre backs, um, and he's been moved there obviously just to control things up a little bit while uh, Gary Ke- uh, Gary Cahill's been injured. I think Cahill might actually be back for this game. Uh, he had a, uh, he had something wrong with it. I think he might have uh, bruised his ribs a couple of weeks ago. They thought he'd be back for Coventry, and I think he was actually uh, just cocooned a little bit in in safety for this match. So I imagine we must see Cahill again. But yeah, Lerma will be a big miss. He's actually their most aggressive player. Uh, I looked it up on who scored. He's he's got the most he's got the most uh, cards this season and I think he's been a, a really important cog for Bournemouth. I mean their midfield, you'll ask any Bournemouth fan on their forums, I've been sort of doing a bit of spying, but they they believe they've got the strongest midfield in the league because they've got Billing, Lerma and either that number ten in uh, Christie but you've also got uh, Kilkenny, as uh, Will was saying. You've just got really good players there. And about, I think, all of their action, the majority of their action comes in the middle of the pitch for them. So you, there's just definitely, without Lerma there, they're still a threat. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Billing as well. He's um, He's become a lot more attacking recently, not just under Parker, but also just a bit before. Um but yeah, he sometimes does play in like the the number ten role, and he's excellent. He's he's massive as well. He's six foot five, I think, and he plays in the attacking midfield role, um, yeah. and he's excellent. I mean, like you say, their midfield really contributes to the attack more more than a lot of sides, and I think I mean it's it's strange because 
when you think about Parker, no one really chipped in goals apart from Mitrovic, but um, it does seem their midfield likes to chip in quite a lot, actually. So, yeah, it'll be interesting. It'll be a good yeah. battle in midfield. I think Harrison Reed looks like he's going to play because he's been doing a lot of interviews on the on the club website. Um, I'm guessing he's going to play alongside Seri. So, uh, I think that's our, probably our strongest duo. So, mm-hmm. those two are probably best equipped of dealing with, with a strong midfielder anyway. So, yeah, it will be interesting to see how they deal with them. I also think, I mean, just looking at the amount of goals that Billings got, he's got seven goals and three assists this season. And it's a good point that Will makes, you know, that after Mitrovic, I think it was Tom Kenny who was our second highest scorer. And he had about eight goals, I think. It was definitely under 10, I believe. Or maybe it was mm. 10, I'm not too sure. But there are a lot more players in this Bournemouth Scott Parker side chipping in with goals. Um, you, like I said, you've got Billing, you had Lerma slightly, and you've also got Christie, and you've got Solanke, and you've recently, more notably, got Jaden Anthony, who plays on the left side for them. And another thing I saw about Bournemouth is most of their attack is comes from the left-hand side. And he's, I think he scored a couple of goals and an assist against Coventry last uh, in their 2-2. So, um, oh, well, he can't assist himself, can he? So I think I've done a jam out there. But what I mean to say is he's like, he, 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 he contributed to the assist and goals in the last game. So Jaden Anthony is someone to really look out for as well. And I've, I've got feelings about Christy, but I'll come to that in a bit. But if he does assist himself, then he must be some player. So... I think that's probably more than enough on more than enough on Bournemouth, Man, isn't it? We've uh, we've uh, we've we've spoken a lot about Bournemouth. We've spoken a lot about Scott Parker. Let's let's talk a bit about Marco Silva because, um, as the song goes, "Fuck off, Scotty Parker." We've got Marco Silva. He's a genius. He's having a fantastic season, isn't he? We we we've done a lot about Bournemouth. Let's do a bit about Fulham for Christ's sake. Yeah, yeah, he is. Uh, we look fantastic. Um, like I say, we look like the best team. <laughs> We're amazing. <laughs> we are, we are. We are We are the best team in the league. Um, and that's that's why we're top of the league. I I think this is the perfect chance to prove it, just because it's against second, but also we can just we can just get the gap a bit bigger and, and teams will fear us even more. They're going to fear us even more as the season goes on. Because Silver was finding his feet when we had those Blips against Blackpool and and Coventry, and I, you know he he was still finding his best squad, and he's realised now his best squad. He's realised now what he can't that he shouldn't be changing it because the the foundations of this squad is what is what makes it tick, really, isn't it? You know, Mitrovic, if Mitrovic is in that team, I I'm ninety percent sure we're going to win every week, mm. and and that's what. That's what you need. You need those players that think, oh, he's playing. Yeah, we'll win. And I think Silva's now realised who those players are. Um, it's just this illness thing that does worry me a bit because if players like Mitrovic is, are still ill, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm worried because uh, I don't know who's going to do a job up front. It, was, it wasn't very good against Preston. We weren't creative at all. Um, well, he's, we, had we he's, had, he's, he's had a week to get over that, so... Let's, let's, yeah. hope the, let's hope the illness has passed. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I think it probably will have, but it, we just need him against. It, I cannot see us playing Bournemouth without Mitrovic. Forfeit it. If he's not fit, don't play it. <laughs> Forfeit it and take the 3 0 defeat. I don't think so. I don't think so. It'd be Muni's hat trick if he's not if he's not available. But yeah, both sides, right. 
Both sides have had the jitters in the past week. Bournemouth lost at Derby, drew at Millwall, and then threw away that two-goal lead at home against Coventry. Meanwhile, we drew with Derby and Preston. So, J-Mac, how do you see the game going? Um, you'd think we both play a defensive high line. We both like possession. Um, we both like to pass. You'd think this could either be a really, really entertaining game of football or it could be quite stalemate. Um, I'm hoping the first one, the former, and I'm hoping that obviously we completely dick them. But I, I've got, I feel like Scott Parker is planning a three-five-two for like he did for Coventry of this game, and I've got a feeling he's going to have Jaden. Uh, I think he's going to have Solanke up front, and with I don't know, I, I'm not too sure actually. I mean, I I'm just worried because basically Parker's former side are quite a pressing side and counter press as well and I'm worried they're going to do the similar sort of job that Coventry did to us and I know you said in the last part we're always thinking about Coventry and all, always scared about you know that happening again but Coventry had a number 10 I think it was Callum O'Hare who was incredibly pressy and he basically just marked Seri out of the game and I'm worried because he, he, definitely, Chris, he definitely didn't he definitely didn't because Seri didn't start if you remember <laughs> oh sorry that's Fam- right. I mean famous, whoever our DM was at the time Definitely weren't Seri. Um, Seri's going to tear ball off the pieces, can, mate. Don't worry about it. Okay, well, that's fine. But what I mean is, is that Callum O'Hare did a job of, uh, like, as a number 10, of really pressing our players, our defensive uh, midfielders. And basically, if, if if Ryan Christie does that, because he there was an article just out recently saying that he is essential to their press. And if he does that and, and they use their fullbacks to sort of their wingbacks rather to corner in ours, then I'm, I'm just worried it could be a similar story. But I'm sure we'll outmatch them with quality. Uh, long story short, I think it's going to be a really tough game and I'm worried that Parker could get an early goal and then just shut up, shut up and really frustrate us. And I think he'll enjoy it as well. Because we, if, if Bournemouth score first, we, we're all going to get really pissed off and we're going to know what Parker's going to do. He's going to bring a Maxime Lamartian on and really frustrate the hell out of us. And he's going to get a kick out of it. But I... I think it's going to be a really interesting game and I'm really excited. I mean, it's obviously, like you say, it's Clash of the Titans. I think it's going to be a win for us, though, still. I think we'll be able to pass our way out of it and show our quality because we are the better team, in my opinion. But it will be dangerous. I I really think J-Max should stop talking. And um, <laughs> I think we're going to smash him. I, yeah. I, I think we've just got to stick to our game plan. I, I don't really care if Parker's going to play a 3-5-2 or a 4-3-3 or a what four, however many. I just think we've just got to stick to what we know. If we have Seri and Reed in the midfield, I, I have absolutely no concern about who's pressing them. I, I we've got the best team in the league, and I think yeah. if we stick to stick to the team we know, stick to how we've been playing when we've been winning games, stick Mitrovic up front. Just play how we play. Play our football. We shouldn't be the ones that are changing the way we play for other teams. Other teams should be changing how they play when they come to us. Agreed. And, yeah, I think we've just got to stick to what we know. And that's that's how we win games. That's what we're at the table. Yeah, I completely agree with you. I think that even if we go a goal behind, then we'll keep attack, attack, attacking. And it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if Parker tries to defend because we've got some unbelievable players on in in the in the final third, you know, Carvalho, don't forget, will just run rings around their players and and we'll get opportunities. We'll get plenty of chances. Bournemouth have been really susceptible just lately. They conceded two against Coventry. They conceded three at Derby. 
So, you know, we we are a free-scoring side. And OK, the last couple of games, we've been misfiring because of various reasons. But we'll be back. And I can't see us doing that three games in a row. So... We're, we'll we'll definitely we'll definitely do them on Friday. I'm I'm completely confident of it. Do you think there'll be any surprises in the lineup, or do you think it'll be standard? Maybe Kenny Tete back in at right back. Yeah, I think Tete is perfect for this game. Uh, he, he's exactly what we need. Um, I I think Tete will definitely be right back. Maybe a surprise with Joe Bryan, but I can't see it. I think we need you know Robinson's pace, and he's been quite frustrating for a lot of people to watch in the past few games. But he. We need him because with the, the high line that we do, we need him to run back as quickly as possible. And he's got that. He's got that. So I don't think, I don't know, a little, a little spooky in me. It feels like that Mitch won't be well, like Will was saying. But like I said, I should stop talking because I'm just getting too worried about everything. Yeah, I, hopefully no surprises. Uh, I think, yeah, as long as Mitrovic is fit, um, the rest of the team is, you know, whoever plays, plays really Mitrovic I think will be Tete's... fine. Mitrovic will be fine. Yeah. He played ninety minutes last Saturday. All right, they weren't his best ninety minutes, but if he was, if he still had the shits or whatever, then there's no way he'd have completed ninety minutes. So he'll be, yeah. he'll be playing. I'm, I'm positive for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I don't think there should be any in the lineup, but I think it should be Seri and Reed that play. I think Reed will definitely play because he's been doing so much social media stuff, and, and I think also. This game, you do need an out-and-out defensive midfielder. So, I think, even though Seri plays deeper than Reed, but, you know, Reed's the one that does all the dirty work. So, I, yeah, I, I think Reed will play. It just depends whether it's Kenny or, or Seri next to him. But I think it'll probably be Seri, to be honest with you. Yeah, I agree. Kenny, sorry, uh, Seri, uh, Reed and Carvalho midfield, Cabano, Mitrovic and Wilson as the, the front three. And then, yeah, Tete, yeah. Reem, Tosin and Robinson as the defenders with Rodak and goal. That's that's the best team we've got, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, we know, we know our best eleven. Yeah, yeah, and hopefully they'll all be fit and they'll all be firing and ready to go Friday night. All right, lads, let's come on to a score prediction then. J Mac, three mm, one Fulham. That'll do, mate. That'll do. Yeah, Will, I'll go two nil Fulham. Perfect. Wonderful stuff. All right. And as per usual, I'm not going to bother giving a prediction, but I'm just going to say we're going to win. <laughs> All right. Uh, nice one, lads. It's the Fulham Focus Christmas party before the uh, before the game on Friday. So what time are you lot getting to the pub? Um, five o'clock. I'm probably going to be there at about... You're a five. Okay. Five o'clock. I'm probably going to be there at six. No, actually, no. I'll, I'll go at five. Of course, there at five. I'll be there at five. Ah, man, you, long time, you, you lot are lame. I think I'm meeting Wigo at two. What, what time are you getting? <laughs> <laughs> You're going to be absolutely gutted. It's going to be win. I, um, yeah. Yeah, no, I'm looking forward to it, mate. I won't actually be eating a mince pie in my wine. I was only joking. I'll be drinking brew dog. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, what a man. What a guy. What a guy. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to apologise as well. I, I, spent, I spent so long looking up Callum O'Hare's name and... and working out who he was pressing in that fucking Coventry game. And it turns out it wasn't even the right fucking player. It was Harrison Reed, and, you know, Harrison Reed doesn't even look like Sarri. So just anyway, let's, let's move on. Apologies, everyone. I'm sure everyone will forgive you, mate. I'm sure everyone will forgive you. No worries. All right. Well, thank you for joining me, lads. Thanks for listening at home. We'll be back on Monday morning with all the fallout from the game. See you at the cottage on Friday night. Come on, you whites. Cheers. Cheers.
Fulham.